Welcome to the new. Every experience with God's Word promises to be refreshing and transformational. Receive today's message with high expectations as it brings power, light, and a fresh anointing to your life. Hallelujah. Wow, that was heavy. Please let's put our hands together for resonance. Powerful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Those who are physically present, welcome someone to church. You're welcome. You're welcome. And tell them Merry Christmas. Those of you online, welcome to church. If you are physically present, welcome. If you're joining us online as well, would like to welcome you to service this evening. Uh, before you take your seat, those online, physically present, how was Christmas? It was good. Awesome. And those online as well, it would be great to put the emoji of, um, emoji, emoji, it sounds like emoji, man of God, emoji. <laughs> it would be great to, you know, um, tell us your experience, how it went, what you ate, you know, and all of that. And those of you that did um, the pajamas photo shoots, well done. And those of you who haven't been able to do it in your lifetime, then um, the Lord grant you grace. Just kidding. But um, I, I said that prophetically, actually, because I know that next year as a church, we're going to have the largest amount of weddings. I, I, I said it. But you will get it right. In Jesus' name. All right, put your hands together one more time for the Lord. And you may be seated gallantly in the presence of the Lord. Now, for those who are watching us online and those who are physically present, I'd like you to share the link of today's service. Um, share the link of the service, everyone, those watching online. The Bible says that Christ is both the wisdom and the power of God. Let me tell you this. I love services like this because I, I get to... Um, teach from the wisdom dimension of God and which is um, one of the graces that I believe that the Lord has given graciously to me and I think that looking at considering the theme of today's service how to prepare for a new year how to prepare for a new year I tell you the truth this teaching would really 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 help you and so if you're not here physically, um, I'd like you to share the link. If you know a colleague, a friend, um, a worker, someone who is busy eating Christmas rice and jollof rice and all of that, um, please share the link to them. And this message is one for the books. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. So the theme of today's service is preparing for a new year. How to prepare for the new year. Now, how many of you were at the feast? Of course, most people, if you're watching online, you can signify you were at the feast. I remember telling someone at the feast, before the feast, and I said, all the anointing that I have, right, by the grace and mercy of God, is what I'm putting at stake for the lives of the people at this feast 
Um, if I had the opportunity to lay my head on your head or lay my leg on your leg, if God says that's the only way grace would flow, I bet you I would do it. But I want to teach you tonight what you need to know so that all of the things that happen at the feast will not be a waste. And that's why this teaching is so critical. If I had my way, I would have done this teaching the next day after the feast or the next Sunday after the feast, but according to the calendar of the year, we couldn't do that. And so this is the last midweek service for the year 2023. You can put your hands together for the Lord. And I trust the Lord that this teaching. And so if you're here, you are a business owner, you are a career professional, you are a pastor in the house, um, you are a leader, you are a worker, you are an entrepreneur, you are a student, whatever thing that you were doing, I'd like you to listen to this message with the earrings of your year. And most importantly, I would also like to encourage you that after you've listened to this message tonight live, I'd like you to listen to it all through to you cross over to January next year and I would also give you an assignment every single person and when you go for that assignment I would ask that you listen to this message before you start the assignment praise the Lord now let me say this here contrary to popular opinion that a new year creates for us a fresh start or a fresh perspective and while there might be people who by September, they are only just waiting for the year to end so that they can have the alarm of a new year, which is January, and gives them an introduction of a fresh start. Contrary to that opinion that a new year presents a fresh start, I barely, truly, actually disagree with that. Because I truly believe that it is one thing for a new year to present to you a fresh start, but guess what? The year is the same, and the you might be a different person. So in other words, as opposed to thinking that a new year presents to you a fresh start, actually, a new you presents to you a fresh start. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because you might believe that, oh, I'll just wait for a new year to come, and the new year comes, and guess what? The new year is a new calendar year. It's made up of the same months that you have experienced before, January all the way to December. But the person who goes through January to December, January to December remains the same, unchanged not. But the person who goes through January to December, if the, same, if the person is still the same person, you are going to only experience January to December and not have anything out of that year. So contrary to opinion of a new year brings to you a new start, I bet you disagree. I would say to you, a new you presents to you a new start. And so God is more concerned about the you than the year. If I'm able to get you to become, then I can get the year to be a good one. As opposed to many people waiting for a new year that will present a new thing and on, on good, good, it's good actually that every year we give to you a yearly team. It's the year of grace. It's the year of abundance. It's the year of power. And while all those things are great and those things are good, if you carrying the year of grace and year of power does not change. It will be a team, a hashtag, a tagline all through the year, but the you that would not change will not experience that thing. Are you following what I'm saying? And so a new year begins when a new you emerges. 
Did you hear what I just said? A new year begins when a new you emerges. And guess what? If a new you emerges in July, that's when your new year begins. If a new you emerges in December 23rd or December 26th today, that's when your new year starts. And so it's very important that God is to know that God is very concerned about our daily lives as opposed to the yearly life. The Bible says in Psalms 23, verse 6. Give me Psalms 23, verse 6. Thank you, Lord. It says, Surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow me when? All the days of my life. And so contrary to the euphoria that comes with a new year. Oh, new year, new me. Scam. New year, new me. Contrary to that euphoria that comes with a new year, actually God is more intentional about the daily exercise of your life than just one year that you count as something that would happen. And I've seen this over and over again, how we start a new year with so much energy and it deflates the moment you get to March. So why not think about it this way? About God being intentional about you. Because you see, you can't put new wine in old wine skin. It's impossible. If I give you the best of year and I take the same old you into the best of year by prophecy, by words of wisdom, words of knowledge, every gift of the spirit that is built in operation, if I take the old you into that new year, the old you and the new year cannot mix together. Both will rent apart. You can't take new wine and put it into the old wine skin. So God is more concerned about the new you that needs to emerge into the new year. Glory be to God. And this is very, very important and very, very, very critical. And so it's only a new you that gives credence to a new year. Glory be to God. And that's why this evening I'm going to answer the question, how? How do you prepare for a new year? How do you prepare for a new year? Now, think about this. It's very interesting to also realize, to note that it's like we prepare for every other thing but a season of transition. We prepare for every other thing. I'll give an example. If you are traveling, if I say to you, pastors, I'm giving you a holiday ticket to Bahamas for one week. A day before you go, what are you going to do? You are going to prepare to go to Bahamas. You are not taking winter jackets along to Bahamas. You are taking nice shorts, t-shirts, sunshades, all of those things. You pack very well for the destination you are going to. Yes or yes? If I say to you, prepare for me, I'm coming to your house to eat Christmas chicken. And I only eat roasted chicken. And because you know PS is coming, you are going to prepare because PS is coming. What do you do? The first process is to kill the chicken. Yes or yes? The moment you kill the chicken, then you marinate the chicken. You put all the medemede and put it there. You make sure that, you know, by the time I'm putting it into this oven, by the time chickpeas is breaking the bones, it's sucking out the life. Amen. From the chicken. What did you do? You prepared for PS to come. Have you realized that many times we stumble into a new year without preparation of that new year. 
Why? Because we enter the new year with the same mindset, the same belief, the same expectation. Guess what? The same hope that you had that this year would be a good one. But look at what the year is for you, some, some, from, for some people. And I say this so because I'm going to come out with the rod and the staff today. So I'd like you to please accept the pastoral rod this evening. Because I think it's truly going to help you. January 1st, I hear out a new sound. World, I'm coming, I'm coming. This mighty lion has come. Glory to God. Guess what? Was that prophecy true from God? Yes. But guess what? Until a new you emerges. That's why the Bible says the one that walks in us both to win. He walks in you first. But to will and to do. So how do you prepare for a new year? I can give you 20 years prophecy ahead of you, but without preparation. I love one thing I read one time. A very powerful quote. It says, give me, yeah, it's very powerful. It says, give me 20 hours to bring down a sequoia tree. I will spend the first 19 hours to sharpen the blade and the next one hour to cut it down. I will spend the first 19 hours to sharpen the blade and the next one hour to cut it down. As opposed to having one 20 hours with a blade that is not sharpened, trying to cut, trying to cut, trying to cut. Bam, nothing is happening there. But for the fact that you can sharpen the thing right, you are able to go there one hour slimless. You achieve the result that you need to achieve. So can I say this here humbly so? I bet you there are many people with prophecies on their head, visions in their soul, insight in their spirit that by the end of December 2024 they are back to the same energy they are feeling right now that 2025 will be much better. Why? Because a new them refused to emerge. A new them. A new you. So God is concerned about the you because if I can get the you right, I can get the year right. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If I can get the you right, I can get the year right. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The average age, now listen, this is one of this is very powerful. Most of you have experienced at least 20 new years in your life. And the time you get you got conscious of yourself, you've experienced at least five to ten new years of your life that you could hold to yourself and say, I mean, I know that a new year is happening for me. Nobody's helping me to get into a new year. You know that new year was coming. But do a statistic and check that past five to ten years and look at it and say to yourself, in this five to ten years, what did I make out of this thing? Because I've seen it over and over again that as believers, as Christians, many times we hang on to hope without substance. It's just believing like something would happen at the end of the year. Great, it would happen. But look guys, until something changes from within you first, nothing is going to change. And that's why today, I want to teach you 13 things that I want you to pay attention to as you go into the new year. Listen to me. I say this to you humbly so. I'm your pastor. I say this very humbly, not in any way to embarrass or to any way to make you feel under pressure. But I say this to you. I have never in the past five years that I've known myself or been conscious of myself, have I ever had a bad last year than the next one? Meaning that I look back and say, ah, this year was really bad for me. No. Why? I'll tell you why. Because of the intense intentionality of my life. You didn't hear what I said there? The intense intentionality. Not just the intentionality. The intense intentionality. God wants a new you before a new year. 
So contrary to you just waiting to January 1st, January 30, December 31st, Happy New Year. God wants a new you to start now. Because you see, the current you, the current you, based on what you are seeing, you cannot actualize it. The current you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So the result of a new year is totally dependent of the workings of God inside of you. Allow God complete the work inside of you. And then you begin to see how, how one year, let, let, listen to what I'm about to say to you. How one year is too much for God. How one year There are people who God used nine months to work on their will. Nine months. Just to work on your will. Nine months. Whereby the law of spiritual tells you that to see the hand of God quickly in instant manifestation, it must be done by the speed of obedience. And God tells Abraham, rise up and go and sacrifice your son for me and early in the morning Abraham rose up early in the morning you see every time we talk about the blessing of Abraham and we take that away from the equation of the promptness of Abraham we've missed the whole point of the life of Abraham the promptness of Abraham so God was able to actualize and do things quickly with him because he was getting the rhythm going on time with God so if you want to see Jehovah on time you must be on time in his response to the things that he says to you to do are you following what I'm saying to you today it's very critical so that you don't come back with a new year and just excited about the coming of a new year like the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ excited about it but doing nothing about it thank you Lord so the things to do I'm giving you 13 if you are watching online and I bet you by the help of the Holy Spirit if you do what I'm saying to you to do today if you really take it to heart and you do what I'm saying to you to do today, I bet you by the help of the Holy Spirit and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the next six months, I didn't even say one year, the next six months will be your best six months you've ever experienced in your whole life. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Number one, things to do and preparing for a new year. Things to do. Number one, don't look back. Forgive yourself from the past year and look to the brighter side. One of the things I've observed about the coming of a new year, as a pastor, I get to cancel so many people and just listening to them, speaking to me, talking to me, every time people talk to me, most often than not, I get to hear the pain of the previous in the expectations of the present the pain of the previous what do i mean by that look it is very possible that for the first three months of january all the way to march you are beating yourself from what you did not do last year you are in the pain of regret ah ah i knew the, i knew this idea but i did not do it i knew this thing i thought about this thing i don't you are beating yourself from that past things that occurred way back that you ought to have moved yourself away from you spent three months analyzing a problem three months the bible says matthew chapter let's look at mark mark chapter 8 and verse 22 mark chapter 8 and verse 22 let me share something with you immediately after the feast 
the feast by every standard was a success. The next day, my wife and I were having a conversation and she's known me for this all, all my life and those who work closely to me. The next day, I said, oh, I'm doing, um, um, two, yes, the next day, I said, I'm doing something for singles for my birthday. I said, ah, you will not rest. Now, no, I, I can balance that in a moment. But I said this. I don't stay too long. I tell you the truth. I don't stay too long enjoying the euphoria of success. Because the problem of every success is your past success. The problem of every success. Many people, you have built a tabernacle based on the job you got five years ago. You are still there. Ah, when I got that job, you are still there. You are still looking back. So when we talk about looking back, many times the looking back is not only from the bad things. When we say stop looking back, sometimes the, old, the good things, you are staying too long looking at it. Walk away from that thing. There is new things God wants to do in your life. Glory be to God. Look at what happened in Mark chapter 8, verse 22. This was the guy Jesus healed and took him outside. Look at this. And then he came to Bethesda and brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Please change that sound for me. That's not my sound, but just, they're trying, but change it a little bit for me. Thank you. So he took the blind man by the hands, uh, thank you, and led him out of the town. Look at this. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he hacked him if he saw anything. Next verse. Verse 24. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Next verse. And so he looked up and said, all right. Verse 25. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Next verse. Verse 26. Look at this. And then he went, then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town or tell anyone in the town. Do you know why he told him not to go to into town? First, before he, before he brought that miracle to the guy's life, he took him out of the town. After he healed the guy, he told him, don't go back to the town. You know the guy's problem? The problem of the guy was the town all along. Sometimes, the town is your mind. Sometimes, the town are the successes of the past. Sometimes, the towns are the past experiences. And guess what? Sometimes, the town is the defeat of the previous year. So, you build yourself around the defeat of the previous year. What did be? Oh, my, this year didn't work out the way I wanted it to be. Da, 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 da. And you are right there. Looking at what should not have happened and what has happened. And you are taking your eyes away from what could happen. The Bible says, remember, remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Let me tell you something. Everything that happened in the new this year is now in the archive of my past. I tell you the truth. Everything that happened in the new this year is now in the archive of my past. Why? Because sometimes when you look, you can't see. You can't be looking back and looking forward at the same time. If you want to run faster, you must learn how to look forward and stop holding on to the pain and the regret and the things and the offense, all the things that happened in the past. Oh, if I had known, I would not have, you know, worked in that organization. Look, listen guys, you're already working there. Can you look into the new door that is about to open up for you? Oh, if I had known, I wouldn't have dated that guy. Well, you are dating him now. Now you realize you're not supposed to date him. Can you look ahead? Are you getting what I'm talking about? Keep yourself in the past, even from an old year. So when God wants to change your life, do you see that the promise, I believe very, very powerfully, 
that the promise of God was first, or let me put it this way, the insights to leave the awe of Chaldeans in which Abraham came from was for his father first. The Bible says in, 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 in um, Genesis chapter 10, it says, Stammer dwelt there. Dwelt there. Let's go there. Oh, Genesis chapter 10. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter 11, pardon me. Okay. Terra. Look at this. Verse 31. Look at this. And let, let's start from let's start from verse 31. And Terah took his son Abraham and his grandson Lot and the son of Haran and his daughter-in-law Sarah his son Abraham's wife and they went out with, with them from the oars of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. And so the days of Terah Terah was 255 years and Terah died in Haran. Verse chapter 12 was when God then showed up and spoke to Abraham and said, now the Lord said to Abraham, get out. Now, if you read the preceding verse, this Terah was actually going to Canaan. But he decided to dwell. Be careful where you dwell. And let me tell you something. I have seen many years ago, the Lord warned me this, warned me about this. He said, if you want to cap, stop looking at what is next. If you want to cap, I've seen how great potentials, pastors, ministers, business owners, just cap by foresight. Lack of foresight, they capped. And let me tell you something. The, the time of your life you can cap is when things are going well for you. Where you just relax. Bible says, what to them who are at ease? Zion. Forget everything that happened last year. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Glory be to God. Number two. Be consistent. Be consistent. Let me tell you something. I've discerned something. I've been a pastor for a while now and I've discerned something. That sometimes what people call generational causes is actually generational inconsistency. Generational inconsistency. The Bible says about Reuben, Genesis chapter 47, his father was blessing them and looked at him and said, Ah, you are the strength of my youth. I love the way the message translator puts it. The message translator puts it this way. He says, you are the strength of my manhood. He said, but you are unstable as water. He says, because of your instability, you cannot be the arrowhead. Because of your instability. Which, in other words, because of your inconsistency. 
you look at the track record of your of your desires and it is laced with so much inconsistency the only time you had passion to run was january 1st all the way to january 31st from february 1st distraction from valentine became your problem all the way down to december 31st you were inconsistent yet a goal in your face but inconsistency designed within you did not allow you to actualize your visions inconsistency Inconsistent. Let me tell you something. I have noticed this over and over again. When the devil wants to cap you and he has looked for everything around your life, but he cannot find a vice to put into your life, he puts into what they, into you inconsistency. I tell you the truth. Sometimes it becomes so normal that you think it's you, but sometimes they have capped you. This year, I'm going to wake up 6 a.m. every day to pray. You only did it for two weeks. Are you, do you know that there is a strength that inconsistency puts inside of you? And listen, the power of, inconsi- of consistency, pardon me, the, the power of consistency, what it does for you is to bet inside of you diligence. And see thou a man who is diligent in his business, it will stand before kings and not before men. men. Inconsistency. The Bible says it this way. I love the way he was put. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Show me, please, quickly. Hebrews 10, 23. It says, let us hold fast. Did you see that? Look at, let's, 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 let's examine two, script, two, two, two words there. Hold and fast. Hold and fast. You hold it fast. Inconsistency. There are many inconsistent people. Inconsistent in your devotion. Listen, you cannot build a successful, adequate prayer life without a plan of prayer to have a real devotion with God there must be a consistency with that I tell you the truth I'll bet I'll better you have a 30 minutes prayer life every single day than a one hour every three months or during retreats inconsistency there are people who are very inconsistent in anything is unstable like water unstable and I've seen this, that this is usually one of the biggest problems in people's ears. And the new year comes, I intend to do 5, 6, 7, 8, and 9, 10. These are the things God has put in my heart to do. Everybody's excited. And then we are gracious to you as a church, we release a song for you to help that energy go. Then by January, you are excited. By March, pam, the, the pattern of inconsistency. Let me say something to you. If you go back and check the archives of your parents, you will realize, I'm telling you the truth, that what we call generational pattern for some people is the generational lack of strength. You saw that trait in your mom. You saw it in your dad. That willingness not to be able to run. It's there, embedded. Let me tell you something. Genes are very powerful. Hereditary, very powerful thing. Both spiritually and naturally. Very powerful thing. And let me tell you something. The only way to heal from that inconsistency is to go, the Bible says in, in the book of Isaiah 54, it says, let them stretch for the curtain of inhabitation. There are people God must bring into your life or you must bring into your own life that will help you stretch you away from that inconsistency. If not, you are just going to continue a pattern. Let me tell you something. The devil is not afraid of a new year. He's not. He knows there's no new team that we're going to declare as a church that has not been declared in the past 20,000 years. Are you hear what I'm saying? But one thing he knows is that they will be excited about the team, but inconsistency will stop them from achieving it. How did Nehemiah build? He built by consistency. Everybody who has built anything for God by consistency. You cannot have that, you cannot not have that drive to stay consistent. 
There are many people who don't have it. And let me tell you something. It is not what is born inside of you. It's a character you develop. Are you following what I'm saying? It's a strength you must develop. Let me ask you a question. This will never be your portion. But if they tell you, you only have one day to live, how would you live that life? And if they tell you that the only problem of your whole life is not fasting, is not giving, is not prayer, is the continuous inconsistency in your life, how will you deal with it? If it's a priority to you, then you must take it as a project. A project, fix it. Give it a name quickly. Project, fix it now. Look, if I put my right hand on an inconsistent head, the blessing will speak, but the inconsistency will amount to nothing. It will not, you will not have anything to prove that hands were laid on your life. Because we're living in a fallen world, it is designed in such a way that you, you, you eat everything. Like I always say, if you put rice here, you walk away. In the next three days, it's already spot. We are designed to chop life. To be at ease, actually. But if you realize that what God wants to do in your life requires some redeeming in your life. There is nobody in the whole of the Bible, go and check it. There is nobody God places his hand on that is lazy. None. None. Put a rhythm of consistency in your life. Put a rhythm of consistency in your life. Put a rhythm of consistency in your life. Let me say this to you, humbly speaking. For some of us, the only, three, the only thing that was left for this year to actually be the year of audacity for you was the inconsistency ingredient that was missing. You take that and you put it inside. That a man who is up to a vision trying to achieve something for his God on the earth, you create that blind focus with consistency. Then you see how God can raise somebody who is who is focused, his eyes fixated on what God wants him to do. The problem is that there are many, there are too much distractions. Too much. Too much distractions. Guess what? Good things can even be a distraction. Too much distractions. Inconsistency. The Bible describes Robin as unstable as waters. My God. Unstable as waters. Let me tell you something. One of the people you must run away from in your life is the continuous pattern of inconsistency in their life. They can say yes today and say no tomorrow. Inconsistency. When you see that sign, and I bet you by the help of the Holy Ghost, if you see it as a trace in your life, you better take yourself to God quickly and deal with the matter and say, God, this inconsistency, what do I need to do? Then listen to me very carefully. God will now begin to tell you to do things that your consistent, your inconsistent self will not be willing to do. It will be a painful process, which means I don't like to wake up 5 a.m. to pray. God says, now we want us to deal with this inconsistency matter. Be okay, fine. Wake up 5 a.m. to pray. Then you are still waking up 7 a.m. God says, you are not ready. But listen, when you come to God with help, God help me, have mercy on me, grace will be supplied in that direction. You will not know why you are waking up to by 6 a.m. But you are thinking that you want to go and urinate. No! It's God saying, wake up! Sometimes it's not even to pray. Because I know sometimes we say, one time you wake up, it's to, sometimes not to pray. Just look. Just be looking. It's training something inside of you. Sometimes it's not even to pray. Take out your writing material with a pen and begin to cut down ideas. It's not every time you wake up and say, papa, papa, pa. You don't even know what you're saying. Papa, papa, spraying bullets. 
Glory to God. You have violated your alarm clock. Even your alarm clock said, don't dare, don't dare put anything. In 2024, let's have an agreement. Oh, don't dare put any alarm. I'm not reminding you, Jack. That's why the alarm clock has stopped working. I'm speaking, I'm, I'm touching people's bones here. Yeah. That's why the alarm clock is not working. Because the inconsistent touched your mobile phone. Wow! What a grace. The inconsistency got there. Let me say something here. I'll just learn anyway. The day God showed me this thing was last year about this inconsistency thing. I don't have time to teach it, but he said it's one of the biggest character flaws of the enemy, of the devil. Today is with the Lord. Tomorrow is envious of the Lord. You see, that, that little thing you are not dealing with, that inconsistency you are not dealing with, it can cost you God's plans for your life. Glory to God. I tell you the truth. Number three. Let me, let me say something here. Have, have you, look at me everyone, please. If you have a phone and you want to charge your, 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 your mobile phone, you take the charger, you put it, this happens to me a lot. I buy chargers almost every week. I don't know what's <laughs> you take the charger, you put it there. You are removing it, charging it. This thing is not coming on. I know some of you do that thing. You lick the mouth. You put it there again to work. You go, ah, you tried everything. All of a sudden, you go underneath the charger, you open it, and you realize that it was fixed, but it did not enter to the end. You put it inside, places it in, pam, the thing begins to charge. Let me tell you what has been happening since. The fact that there was a disconnect, a slight disconnect, everything was intact, but a slight disconnect. Yet, power did not flow through because of that slight disconnect. Sometimes, that inconsistency is that missing link. That's why that thing is not charging the way it's supposed to charge. That's that small thing that can frustrate you. You have even gone to order a new phone, order a new charger, but something was disconnected, just something small. Consistency. Can I beg you by the message of God? Please be be circumcise your mouth this new year to the point that you are only going to do what you say. Did you hear what I just said to you? You are only going to do what you say, and you are only going to mean what you say and do what you say. Stop talking to the point that your angel say, Now play a day. Now play a day. You just play. Now play a day. Now play a day, John. Because you have talked everything. Ah, you know this coming month. Ah, this coming month. You know, ah, inconsistency is costing time. Number three. Is somebody loving me this evening? Yes, Are you sure? Yes, Number three. Diligence. Ah, thank you, Lord. Do you know that there is an empowering grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that flows towards the diligent? I tell you the truth. There is a grace that causes you to keep running when you are diligent. Let me explain what diligence means to you. Contrary to your opinion, 
that diligence is waking up in the morning. You don't need to be diligent to wake up in the morning. Because some people connote diligence to mean that I set my alarm clock to be 9 a.m., then I woke up 9 a.m., or I set it 8 a.m. to be 8 a.m. No. Diligence is ticking the boxes of all that you ought to do per day. Did you hear what I said? Set thou a man diligent in his business, scripture says. There is a diligence. Look, you can't keep asking God for a big vision. God show me something bigger than me. And you are not willing to have the corresponding diligence to be able to bring that thing into actualization. And let me say something. Sadly so, I have, real, I have observed that spiritual people are the most... There's a way we can use praying in tongues to be lying to ourselves. While you are making power available, that power you are making available, what is it going to blow up? That power you are making available, what is it going, which direction are you sending it to? That power you are making available, what, what is it responding to? If I do my hand like this, that I want to blow somebody, I'm generating power, yes or yes? There must be a face, it must land. If I just do like this, I'm beating the wind. You are making power. Bara, koba, 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 koba. What is the business? What is the career? What is the vision that you want to land it on? You are just generating power. You generate it all to a point. You know, there's a way you can have combustion. It blows up. You are blown up in the process. Diligence. Have to yourself the, the spice, the discipline of diligence. Take your life as serious as your own life. Make it... Look, let me say something here. You see, eh? This life, now you get ammo. Like, is your own. Is yours. Whatever the outcome of that life, nobody on earth is responsible for it. Not even your parents. Not even your pastor. Nobody. And there are natural laws. I have been sharing this recently in recent times. And I just let me explain it here again. Because the Lord opened my eyes to this. Here was Moses who was coming before the Lord every single time. Think about this. Every single time. He would come before the Lord. Duh, 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 God, you know. And God was showing Moses vision. Telling him things everything but yet Moses was dying with the pressure of the children of Israel but every single time before the Lord God will be telling him things and never for once did God say Moses gather some people and let them judge according as you are judging never once it was his brother his father-in-law Jethro who came to him and said guy you will kill yourself oh. why not gather other elders who can judge like you God was telling him every other thing but that one Telling him every other thing but that one. Number two. This was um, Peter. Peter was before the Lord. The Lord showed up to Peter in an open vision. And the Lord told Peter, he said, eat, kill. Kill and eat. Look at what Peter said. Peter told the Lord that the Lord said to tell the Lord. Can you imagine that? That the Lord said. Peter was telling the Lord. The Lord was talking to him. And Peter was telling the Lord that the Lord said I should not eat. Let me say something here. 
listen to what I'm about to say to you very critically. Listen with the years of your spirit. There are natural rules on the earth. Natural rules on the earth. And if you are not conversant with the natural rules of the earth, you would have spiritual rules, yet you would die of the pressure by, not neg by neglecting the natural rule that you ought to give yourself to. And one of the natural rules of the earth is diligence. Diligence. It meant that Moses' solution to him judging with the elders or the elders judging alongside with him was hidden in Jethro. If he was not going to listen to Jethro, he was going to die by the very thing. He would be talking to God every day. Ah, it means that you can be talking every day to God, but you are bankrupt of what you need to know naturally. Because you, you, you took yourself away from the principles of the word, which is already in the word. Diligence. Glory to God. Somebody following me this evening. Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 10. this. It says, therefore, brethren, even before, it, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call an election sure. I would have thought that what God would have said is just, therefore, brethren, by the grace that I've bestowed upon you, your election is sure. By, by Sabaoth, your election is sure. He said, by diligence, you will make your call and your election sure. By diligence. By diligence. That's what makes it sure. It's by diligence. You give yourself to it. Yesterday, I was at home. My wife told me to watch one documentary like that. Very powerful. Stead me up. Stead me up. Stead me up. I used my Christmas to see new visions. New visions. I got back home, went somewhere. Where I was, my mind was not even there. I got back home. I started, I had meetings. Let me tell you something. Every one of us, we are in a particular age bracket. This is not the time yet. I'm not saying you should not enjoy your life, but before we ever look at it, look, I, I enjoy my life, I relax. If you know me, those who are close to me know me, so that's not what I'm saying. But the Bible says you will bear your yoke in the days of thy youth. This is the time to bear your yoke. This is the time. Because nobody's going to bear it for you. I refuse to be one, one old man at the age of 90 calling somebody for a charge card. I refuse it with my life. Hello, hello. You have not sent to at the age of 90. Now you might be there laughing. But I bet you the truth. The, the way some people are designed the thing to go. Listen, if you leave your life to motion by itself, you drive a car and you remove your hand, it will go to the direction it pleases. Are you hear what I'm saying? You remove your hand in the steering of your life. It goes to the direction and the places. And guess what? Most often than not, it hits a rock. But you take control of your life. 
this is only the one I have to live. You stare it in the direction in which Christ has told you to stare it. Then you begin to see what God can do with the life of a man. Glory to God. Diligence. Give yourself wholly to these things. Don't live your life by chance. Don't, don't let the year just go by chance. The Bible says, I haven't done all to stand. Stand. Please, don't say I'm standing in faith when you have not done all. Stop saying I'm standing. I'm still standing. I'm standing on God. I'm waiting on God. Yes, what have you done? He said, I haven't done all. Have you done all? I haven't done all to stand. Then stand. God has been teaching you. Pastor Dayton, let me say something. Just by the Spirit. There are some people here God has been using, he has used 11 months to teach you consistency with giving. 11 months. If you're a business owner here, I see five billionaires come forward. You run forward. Then you run forward, we lay hands on you, you go back. But the principles God is now telling you, let me tell you something. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. Every time God gives you a word, he gives you a key. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Every time he gives you a word, he gives you a key. The key is what opens the door. The key is what opens the door. Ah, let's go and, let's go and raise Lazarus from the dead. What's the instruction? Roll away the stone. Ah, let's feed 5,000 people. What do we do? Where's, you have five loaves of bread, two fishes. Instructions must follow before the word. After the word. There must be instructions. So stop celebrating. Yes, hands have been laid. Great. What are the instructions that must follow? Glory be to God. I prophesy over you, you will not be small. Amen. Let me say it one more time. You, you refuse to be small. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Diligence. Diligence. Number four. Prioritize God. Psalms 37 and verse 4. Prioritize God. The Bible says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and it will give thee the desires of thy heart. Of thy heart. Delight yourself. What does the word delight mean? It means to prioritize. It means to give heed unto. Delight yourself. Let me teach you something very, very powerful. Many years ago, the Lord told me this when I was on campus. I read a book by Kenneth Copeland. And it was talking about the principle of the tithes. Kid Butler, pardon me. Seed faith. Yeah, I think it's Kid Butler. And while I was reading that book, the Lord showed me a very powerful principle about prioritizing God. And how you can use the principle of the tithes in every aspect of your life. It means I want to make a decision. The first thing is, what does God think about this decision? I want, are you following what I'm saying? I want to do this. What does God think? It's prioritizing God above every other thing. Prioritize God. Let me say something to you. While prioritizing God can be seen in your attendance in church, that is great. But it must be 
just not be it must be beyond just your attendance in church it must be seen in your daily activities your daily work every single day how are you prioritizing God prioritize God be committed to God be committed to God it says that song it says if I give God my lifetime Okay, just play for me. To see you high live. Just play that all through. Okay, thank you. Now, think about it. If you wake up in the morning, and let me just break some tables there because Okay, no. Don't let me go there. Prioritizing God is you ensuring that the dictate and the totality of your life, when we take a microscope to look through it, we can only see one person, God. Did you hear what I said? We can see one person, God. I know people who have extra committed January to March. When it comes to church work, prioritizing God is also prioritizing His church. Oh yeah. January to March, the energy still everywhere. They are in five units. One sold. Five units. Once is March. I'm tired. <laughs> there is a way you can be. Listen, your commitment to God shows your heart beats for him your commitment to God your commitment to his work your commitment to his will let me say something to you all look at me everybody let me say this to you so that it, it hits home a little bit are you aware that I am actually not the founder of this church the new are you aware If think about that for a moment and let that make something to your mind When I was, many years ago when I was on campus I used to tell them they were in the word days then all the way from part 2 one day I went to pray and the Lord told me this very loud we're having a conversation very loud I came back I said to them God told me that if you don't care who will take the glory you will do many mighty things for me if you don't care who will take the glory from that day my priority was God look guys it, whatever God I spent one year asked them on campus one whole year we're praying one prayer point one whole year, God, whatever you are doing in my season, in my generation, don't do it without me. If it's church you are planting, don't do it without me. If it's houses you are building, don't do it without me. If whatever, don't do it without me. Prioritizing God. If I put two people here, I tell you humbly so, two people here, one prioritizing God, one just doing, look, it can take a while, but in the end, it will cease in. Prioritize God. Make a commitment to God this new year. Stop the instability and the inconsistency. Stop it. It is not leading anywhere. It's not going anywhere. I hope somebody is still enjoying this word. It's very quiet in this place. Is it quiet online? I need some jump and stuff. Somebody shout glory to God. <laughs> Prioritize God. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. One day, somebody gave me some, some, some clothes. I brought it to the house like this. I loved it. And I heard God say, it's not yours. <laughs> Lord, is it yours? Because the last I checked, you don't wear clothes. Ah! Wait. Oh my God. Hmm. Let me say something to you. That word is for someone here. That should be your watch word in 2024. Watch how God will mesmerize your life when you put him first. Just watch how we mesmerize your life. Commitment to the house of the Lord. Commitment to service. Prioritize God. Number five. Mark chapter seven and verse 14. Number five. Circumcise. Let me use the King James Version. Circumcise thy mouth. This one is heavy. Circumcise thy mouth. Look at Mark chapter 7 and verse 14. Look at this. This is very interesting. And when they had called all the multitude to himself, he said to them, Hear me, everyone, and understand. Verse 15. There is nothing that enters a man from outside which can defile him. But the things which come out of him, those are the things that defile Amen. The things that comes out of him. In this coming year, you have to learn how to say no to watch, listen to this, to what you feel pressure to say yes to. Did you hear what I just said? And you have to also learn the art. Let me calm down. The Bible says we have in the same spirit of faith. It says we believe Therefore, we speak. Sound, please, give me a little bit more, yeah? We have in the same spirit of faith. It says, we believe, therefore, we speak. What does it mean to circumcise thy mouth? To mean that, what that means is not only for you not to talk or just be quiet. I don't want to say anything, no, no. You must learn how to say no against what God says no to. It means that you look at your family and things are not going consistent to the word of God. You must learn how to stand and say, no, not under my watch will this thing happen. And at the same time, you must learn how to say yes. Listen to me, everybody. The Lord told me that in the year 2024, there's going to be many adversaries where the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ is concerned. But listen to what I'm about to say. But he said to me, he said, the spirit of faith would be the driving force of anyone and everyone who would achieve any mighty thing this coming year. I, you will go back at the end of the year to remember what I just said to you today. What do I mean by the spirit of faith? I just quoted the scripture to you. It says, we have in the same spirit of faith, we believe, therefore we speak. All through the year, you must keep saying things according to the word of God. Are you following what I'm saying? You must never look at the economy once to judge your own outcome. You must keep saying the word. Keep saying what you believe. Keep saying what the Lord has put in your spirit. Glory to God. Oh, you, you must have the audacity of faith. The audacity of belief. The selflessness of faith. God has told me. And let me tell you something. Listen, contrary to many people's belief. Ah, don't say it yet when God has not. Let me tell you something. Contrary, the way the spirit of faith works is that many times you would have to say things you yourself would have to catch yourself from saying. In other words, you will say things yourself. You say, how can this thing even really happen? 
And when you say it that way, then you begin to see the mighty hand of God working. Look at me, everyone. Become a spiritual prophetic talkative. Talkative. <laughs> Somebody came to me some days ago, had a dream. In the dream, the person said that she saw P.S. was talking about some evil. We're trying to get to the person, and I spoke against the evil, da da da, and they left. And then I was talking to the person, and she was writing while I was talking to her. And I, so after she was done sharing the testimony, the story with me, there was a deliverance story, but I mean, I don't want to share that here because I don't have the permission to yet. Now, by the time I left, I was thinking to myself, and I said to myself, that even in somebody's dream, I'm talking. But I'm not talking, I'm not just talking gibberish or rubbish talks. I'm talking by faith. When we're going to do the feast, let me say you people at church, I'm not sure we had, at the account where we're going to use to do the feast, I'm not sure we had 4 million naira in that account. These are my madams here, my ogas. When they bring budget, is larger than life. Then they say, but P.S., you say you want big, big vision. <laughs> but let me tell you something. We do these things by talking. I, if I, if I can get this thing into your spirits, guys, talking, you will talk your way to the top. Talk your way to victory. Talk your way to your next level. Talk your way to believe. Talk your way to compel men. My goodness. I'm stirring up people's faith right now. Talk your way by the spirit of faith. Talk your way with audacity. With boldness. This is the least job I'm going to have. By this time next year, I'm going to be amongst the 1%. You will talk your way like that. The devil will be scared. Hey, the way this person talk, they must know something. No? Look at how Jesus was talking. He wasn't chicken out though. He said, so shall the son of man come and he will die. He was talking with audacity of faith. David looked and said, you, you uncircumcised Philistian. I will kill you. You talk your way. Listen, if you don't know how to talk, you will never handle the big things of God in your life. I, I tried to sit down this year to do it. I don't want to even talk about it. Generally, we're going to do an estimate some, some of those things. Of how much as a church we spent this year. is by talking. By saying it. Just saying it. Do I want to tell you about the mornings where I wake up, I'll ask the director of finance. Say how much? There was a time I told him, he's here. I said, stop. He'll be sending me account balance. One day I was, I said, stop sending me this thing. Stop it. He said, I'm sorry, sir. I was already angry. Don't send me. Because it will, it, it will corrupt what I'm saying. Stop sending me. By the time we're done with the conference, we had excess. By just speaking by faith. Speaking by faith. Ah, the word the Bible says is ninety in thy mouth. You must learn how to keep talking. Believers don't see because they don't talk. And you are talking based on what you are seeing. 
not what not based on what you can see stop talking this is why it's very important stop it's not like in nigeria people focus on what is wrong with nigeria not what is going on with nigeria because if you look at what is going on in this same nigeria there are billionaires rising every day you, you are focused on what is wrong some people are focused on what is going on what is going on your mouth is not for this it's not for gary it's not for is no it's for talking and the day your mouth stops to talk manifestation ceases to happen the day your mouth stops to talk manifestation ceases to happen the day your mouth stops to talk I told somebody I said we're going to bring Phil Thompson for fish the person said ah senior colleague very ah the person told me this listen to what I say he said Pashola it's like you are the only man of God that don't have respect for the dollar he said you don't have respect for the dollar ah who is the owner of the dollar now it's not out of a desire to just bring somebody if the spirit of faith impacted into your spirit the actualization of it is by you saying it for the manifestation some of you are talking too small that's why you are saying things in bits and pieces you are talking too small glory to God hallelujah did something enter into your spirit remember I talked about consistency first praise the Lord Number six. Ah, this is so powerful. What I want to show you now. Number six. Make a resolve not to accept turn by turn when it's your own turn. My God. Make a resolve. Look at me. You are not going to make that resolve next year. You will make it in this meeting tonight make a resolve not to accept turn by turn when it's your own turn Matthew chapter 15 verse 21 I'm teaching you how to make 2024 a successful year by you first embodying that year glory to God let's look at the scripture Matthew chapter 15 verse 21 and then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Next verse. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Have mercy on me, O Lord. Look at how she called Jesus. She, this is a Canaanite woman. This is the story of the Syrophoenician, Syrophoenician woman. Number one, this woman is a Gentile. She's a Canaanite woman. And then we also understand the disparity between the Gentiles and the Jewish people. In fact, if you understand this very well, you will know that the Gentiles and the Jewish people don't mingle together. They don't have relationships together. In fact, the Gentiles consider, the, the Jewish people, pardon me, consider the Gentiles to be unclean. So they don't have relationships with them. But look at this woman came to Jesus and by just proximity recognized 
Look at the words she used for Jesus. It says, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Number one, listen to this. The Gentiles do not recognize Jesus as the Messiah. They don't. Never did. And then so she went further to call him thou son of David and then anchored that son of David as the Messiah of mercy. It says, have mercy on me. Next verse. Watch this. But he answered her not a word. And his disciple came and bestowed him, saying, Send her away. And she cried after us. Next verse. But he answered and said, I am not sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, if you read the scripture, you would understand when the angel of the Lord showed up to Mary and talked to Jesus about how it was going to be the savior of Israel. He said, I'm not sent to the lost sheep of Israel. Go to the next verse. Verse 26. All right. But she answered and said to him, it's not to... Go back to verse 25, please. Thank you, Lord. And then she came and, and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. Next verse. You know what? Give it to me in the Amplified, the message translation. Let's read it in the message translation. So powerful. Everybody, I want you to look at the screen. Let's look at this in the message Start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Message translation. Start from the beginning, please. All right. Let's read together, everybody. One, two, ready, go. And they, they came down from the hills and pleaded, Son of David, my daughter is by an evil spirit. Next verse, verse 23. And Jesus ignored her. And the disciples came and complained, Now she's bothering us. Would you please take care of her? She's driving us crazy. Verse 24. And Jesus refused, telling them, I have got my hands full dealing with the lost sheep. Then the woman came back to Jesus, went to her knees and begged, Master, help me. Next verse. Next verse. From the master's table. Next verse. Oh, woman. My God. Hold it there. Let me explain this text to you. Number one, this woman is a Gentile. And Gentiles don't come before the Jews. And so for a Gentile to come before the Jews, the Jewish people consider Gentiles to be spiritually unclean. And so the Bible here speaks when Jesus says, he was talking to her and said that, you know, we don't cast our breads to dogs. Now, Jesus wasn't calling her a dog. It was sort of like an oxymoron, which by putting it side by side of what was going on there. Number one, the Jewish people actually consider dogs to be the most unclean animal at the time. And so what Jesus was saying to her was, look, I am sent to the house of Israel, not the Gentile yet. But this was a supernatural manifestation of the wisdom upon the life of this woman. In other words, she was saying, maybe from maybe somewhere, I've heard that this Jesus is the Messiah, and from scriptures, this Messiah came to die for all the world, not only for the Israelites. Are you following what I'm saying? And with that sense of aggressiveness, it says, look, I know you came for the Israelites, but we know your manifesto is not for only the Israelites. It's both also for the Jews and for the Gentiles. Then Jesus looked at her and said, what? I 
have not even finished my assignment. Somebody has decoded my assignment. Do you hear what I said there? I've not even finished my assignment on the earth. What? How did you know this? This is what the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10. Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 12. Romans chapter 10, verse 12. Romans 10, 12. Give me the NKJV. NKJV. Romans 10, 12. And then after which you give me Galatians 3, 28. It says, for there is no distinction between Jews and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to who? Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Galatians 3, 28. It says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Christ. So look at the revelation the woman was operating in. Now you understand why Jesus said, I have never seen this kind of faith. He was talking about the eyes to be able to see what others cannot see. Number one, you call me the Messiah, son of David. Number two, you are saying to me, I put a card to you to say, you cannot be feeding from the children's bread now. Come on. And he says, even dogs can eat. He was talking about me as a Greek or a Gentile. I still have the rights because you came to die for all, not only for the Israelites. And from that perspective, Jesus said, I've never seen this kind of faith. You know what she did? She insisted on what was hers. Insisted. It means, I don't have to wait for you to die on the cross to start enjoying the benefits. That's what she was saying. I don't have to wait for you to die on the cross. Because when Paul now came, Paul said, the gospel was given to the Jews, Peter, and me to the Gentiles. Separated. No, the said, look, me, I don't pass on a level. This is another revelation people are coming to. Me, I'm operating in what you call 4G already. Operating an inside revelation. Let me tell you something. What that scripture, this Sanofrenation woman story, was a picture of exactly what Christ came to do. It wasn't only for the, for the Gentiles, or the Jews, pardon me. It was both for the Jews and for the Gentiles. But this is the power of the story of this woman. She insisted on what was asked. Let me say this to you. Negotiate desperately with the realms of the spirit and insist for what is yours. Did you hear what I just said? Ne insist for what is yours. Particularly when you have seen it, Sama. When you have seen it, insist. You cannot be praying every day. Every time you are praying, you are seeing gold, 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 diamond, gold, 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 diamond, gold, gold. And for five years, you are still at the back. You must learn how to insist. God of heaven, that will you are showing me. I must begin to manifest it now. Even if it's the air of the corn, I must begin. Are you getting what I'm saying? Insist. Glory to God. Why did Jesus say she, I've never seen this great faith? Because by interaction and conversation, she was able to negotiate her way to a miracle. Glory to God. Number what? Number seven. Manage your time wisely. Look at me, everybody. I want to say something to you. At least after three years, by now you should have known that you are juggling many things together. It's, it's not next year you are now complaining again 
that my plate is full. By now you already know. Like Christians, sometimes we just need to figure these things out. Already you know. You don't need another year to, to add more vocabulary to that. To say, I, I'm just everything. By, if you don't understand how to deal with time now, you are entering a new year with the same problem. You already know that's a problem that has come to stay in your life. So the question is, how am I dealing with it? It's not saying, I, I just don't. No, by now, you, you look at what do I need to do? How do I understand time management? What are the things in my life that I can do away with and I can cut off? Let me tell you something. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. The hallmark of a disciplined person is the ability to cut off interesting things in his life for where he's going to. You didn't hear what I said. Interesting things in your life for where you are going to. So, if you look at your life, you cannot be complaining right now that, you know, things are just, I just have so much on my plate, you know, um, I, I need to understand how to multitask. I have too much, I have too much. You've been having too much for three years. And your prayer points is not having small. No, think about it. You are not praying to have small. You are praying to have more. And then when more comes, you are, you are still saying, um, so what do you really want? Sit down. Go to them that sell and buy. Sit down and look at your life and say to myself, what are the things I can now do away with? What are the things I no longer can permit in my life? What Are you following what I'm saying? Sit down and address those things. Wake up in the morning and for the goodness of your journey, have a to-do list. Stop attending to the day as it comes. Life is time and time is life. The more time you waste, the more life you waste. Simple. Sometimes, you know, I'm just going to work away, you know, time, you know, this, I'm just stressful. And then you come to church and you are still asking God for explosion. Do you know when explosion happens, your hand must explode too, to have more. So sometimes the reason why some of those things are not coming to your life because you have not built capacity to handle it. So you are asking for explosion, but what your word is saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Mary cannot be open to give birth to the Messiah and still saying that I, I, I cannot give birth to the Messiah. You, you are contradicting your beliefs. I'm going to be the richest black woman in Africa and then all of a sudden you have 20 things given to you and you are, you are, you are perturbed. Okay, the question is, how do I deal with it? Do you know that some of you need to believe God for more money to pay people to handle those things for you? Just to prove that you are diligent, you still sit down and be washing clothes. And you can afford to give a dry cleaner. What are you trying to prove? Diligence? Or consistency in washing? What? I'm telling you the truth. Just to prove that you are, you know, you, you are very, there are some things you look into your life, look at your finances. What can money handle? Stop, look, 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 let me say it very loud. If there's something money can handle, stop praying to handle it. If you already have the money to handle it. For example, you already have money to eat. Buy food. And just stop stressing me. Eat. 
Glory to God. Let me tell you something. One time I was forming, when I drive, I hear God. Ah, I love to drive. <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. Money is a weapon. Go and learn how to use your money wisely to weaponize your journey. In other words, there are things that you can handle that you necessarily don't need to use your own power to do. Glory to God. You are going from Lagos to Abuja. There are no giraffes on the road. Because there's nothing you're trying to look at. If you can afford a flight ticket, you are not a tourist. You just be driving the road. You say, wow, 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 air. You're just looking at wind and flower. All the way to Abuja, you spent 29 hours with the traffic. I said, because I, I just love to go by road. If you can afford to go by air, don't waste your time. Glory to God. Let me say something. Contrary to people's opinion, you know. No, don't let me say that here. Don't let me say it here. Because same people start. No, let me say that here. Amen. So, look at your life and what are the things. Sometimes, listen to this. Sometimes it is not even money alone. What associations are in my life? You have a friend that knows how to do use um what they call it Excel to put you know arrangement in your finances. Ah, bro, sis, help me. I want you to be able to at the end of the month. I want to know where my money is going to. Your friend, they will not charge you. Some utilize relationships. All your relationships will not only be when you have problem. Pray, oh, pray, oh, it's happening, oh, pray, oh. There are some, utilize the giftings God has put around your life. Make the load easier for you. And for some of you that like to get things done all by yourself, 2023 will fail you if you don't know how to, what's that word? Delegate. Is a skill I can teach a master class on. I can delegate, I can delegate your life. <laughs> Look, if you don't learn the art quickly, you must learn to delegate. Look, what does that thing do for you? Many times it's just a few good things. And let me tell you something, I can tell you 80% of people who find it hard to delegate are dealing with trust issues. You are just dealing with the fact that ah, I can't trust this person. I can't. I, I've, I've been there. And if you don't deal with it, lift, lift things. Look, you are the head of the organization in your office. You come. You are still the one going to do file. At, at, at. You are still checking file. You are wearing glasses, putting it here. Move this thing away. Give it to the, the new recruits. Is it recruits they call those people? Yeah. Give them. 
Glory to God. Don't delegate your money, yeah. If you want to delegate, you can delegate it to me. Is somebody getting what I'm saying today? Number one. Is somebody getting blessed? Are you sure? I need to hear that you love me still. Say, P.S. I we love you. I said number eight is manage your time wisely. Amen. So we're number eight now. All right. Brace yourself up for challenges. I know you will not hear this one in church, but I'll tell you. Look, did you have challenges this year? Did you? <laughs> oh, you did? Wow. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, you, so you guys have challenges here? Let me tell you something. If you are driving, some of you that drive, if you're driving, and you can see a gallop ahead, you begin to release the accelerator so that by the time you enter into the gallop, there's a soft landing. Right? But why did you have that soft landing? Because you could see that a gallop is waiting for you. There will be gallops next year. Don't be surprised when they come. At least you are old enough to know that every year there is a challenge. And you cannot pay it away. See, these things are realities you must come to terms with. Every year there will be challenge. Guess what? Sometimes the new year brings higher one that you have never seen. What eyes has not seen? What ears has not heard? Neither does he enter into the heart of any man. Would come into your life. It's normal. Brace yourself up. How do you brace yourself up for it? By the word. Glory to God. How do you brace yourself for it? By being prepared in your heart. And choose a response before it happens. Look, the Bible says about, uh, about the, 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 the three Hebrew boys. It says, and Daniel proposed in his heart. It was not when they were in the problem they were proposing. No. It was before the problem they proposed in their heart. I'm not going to eat out of this king's food. It's before the thing comes, you propose in your heart. Your posture to the situation when it comes. You propose in your heart. So praise yourself for impact and challenges. Because they will come. As sure as God helps you, you will not give up. You will not cave in. You will not quit. You will not fail. You will not fear. You will not die until your job is done. But they will come. Glory to God. Number what? I'll just give you two more because of time and I will close. Thank you, Lord. Sit down and prayerfully, okay, I'll go to the last one. Sit down and create a roadmap for your next year. Listen to what I'm about to say to you. Let me come down to share this. If a football team is playing the coach would design a strategy for, to win. If they are winning you 3-0, 3-0, half time, you go back as a football coach. When you go back to your boys, number one, you jeer them up and then you create a new strategy to win. Then they go back inside there to win. If you look at how God 
finished to the devil. There was a strategy to it. I didn't know they would have crucified the king of glory. What makes you think you can go into every year without a divine spiritual strategy to win? Look at what David said. He said, should we pursue? Should, would we overtake? He said, now pursue, overtake. What is that strategy? Sometimes that strategy is just following God. Sometimes that strategy is God telling you this area of your life, amplify it a little bit more. Sometimes that strategy is this gifting that I've given to you, put it out there more. So I'm, I'm telling you, sit down with a roadmap, sit down. Take a notepad and a writing material and please give yourself one, two, three hours and think through next year and say, Lord, give me a solution right here. Listen to what I'm saying to you. The highlight of next year should not be crossover service for you alone. You must bring something into crossover service that the hand of God can touch. Do you hear what I just said to you now? Bring something there. Bring something. Now, guess what? If you don't get anything from God, then you know that all through the year I'm just following Him. And that's a great strategy as well. Look at your business. Business owners, sit down. Count the cost. Anyone who's going to build a house will first count the cost. Look at the business. Where did we make money the most? When you find where you make money the most, where did we lose money the most? When you find where you made money the most, stop pumping money to where you lost money. Let me tell you something. I finished school. When I finished school, Pastor Neil, with the Lord bless him, I went to see him. God just put it in my heart. I went to see him. I sat in his office in the house. He was, I think it was Omole. He was living in Omole there. I sat like this. I was a campus boy, just finished school. He looked at me. I said, sir, I just finished school. There are things I don't know what I can do. He looked at me like this. He said, when you were in school, what were the things that you did that brought money to you? I thought about it. I thought about it. I remember that there was one time my sister traveled, bought me some clothes and restored. I said, ah, that my sister traveled one time, bought me clothes and restored, and I sold the clothes and restored. And she said, he said, did it sell? I said, yes. He said, how did people respond to it? He said, people just bought it from me. He said, was it easy for you to sell it? I said, very easy. He said, and you didn't have to struggle for them to buy. He said, he said, does that tell you that there is a grace on you to compel people to do things? I said, yes. He said, go and look for things to sell and start selling. Go on. That's what he told me. The second thing he told me, I said, sir, I just finished school. I want to transition da, 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 to Lagos. Da, da, da. He looked at me and said, who is in your life that has a similar pattern by discernment? You can discern. This, this person has a similar pattern with your journey. I told him the person. He said, go and talk to that person. When the person is talking to you, as the person is talking to you, you will, the person will say something in a crossroad that will resonate with your spirit. If it resonates strongly with your spirit, take that thing and exchange it for the way God has told you to do your own. If you connect the two together, you will see a green light there to know what to do to take it to the next level. Wisdom of the old. And look into my life now. Those were some of the secrets that God helped me with. So what am I saying to you? You have to give yourself to give yourself some time. Sit down. Career owners, career professionals, pardon me. What, what new course do I need to add? You, let me say something. You cannot be at a managerial level now and your only skill set is the technicality of your job without leadership there is a level you cannot attain to I tell you 
there is a level you cannot attain to. What do I need to do? Do I need to go and take some leadership courses to, to make myself more efficient in leadership? Do I need to get back? Do I need to own that skill a little bit more? Because when you sit at the board of director's table, the conversations there sometimes are over and above just technicality. It's now decision management. It's decision making. They are thinking about, number one, your judgment on how you make decisions and the, the sharpness as to how you can make decisions. Decisions that wants to break a business down from 1 billion to 300 million. They need a quick person that, is, that has accurate judgment. Looks as a matter and can say, this is what we are going to do, exactly what we are going to do. But let me tell you something, those things happen and you get, you get grown in it by the reason of use. The more you use it, the more it sharpens in your life. So you look into your life and say, what do I need now to take me to the next level? Some of you is leadership. Some of you is technicality. Some of you is new courses. Some of you is English. Oh yeah. Some of you is a new language. You're saying you have your international relation certificate from one school in Obumosho for almost four years. And they call you the ambassador. 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 You like this. Ambassador. Ambassador. Ambass. Ambass. Look. Better go and get a new language. Go and learn German. Go and learn Chinese. Add it. Stop praying and just stay. Parapokota. Listen what that tongue is saying to you is a new language beckons. Get to it now. Get to it now. Get to it now. Run quickly. Get to it now. Glory to God. And some of you, you looked at your career, you saw that they, 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 they promoted everybody but you. Look at it technically and think what was missing. What was missing. Sometimes, it's sometimes it could be your dressing. It's not fitting the organization. Sometimes it could be your character. Your, your character is just bad. And sometimes, because sometimes you just say, it's the power of the devil. Sometimes the devil is, is the character. Think about it. What? And let me tell you something. Contrary to one of you's belief, sometimes it's office politics that you refuse to play because you're a Christian. And you've forgotten that there is no place, even in heaven, there was politics. Even the devil, the devil, they play game. What does politics really mean? Let me tell you something. The moment two people are together, politics is going on. How? Because you want to tell me what to do, I want to tell you what to do. Superiority of knowledge. So you don't know that on your boss's birthday, giving him a bottle of wine, is the Bible telling you that your gift will make way for you? But because you are angry, you are even letting your boss know you are angry with him and you want to be promoted. Carry. You have been elevated. Beyond the shadow, you have truly been elevated. Now some people say, oh, but that is, that is not standing for Christ. No problem. When they were going to kill Jesus, they were going to stone him. The Bible said he walked out of them like this. Christ is the wisdom and the power of God. This is one of the things that believers we will suffer for if we don't learn how to be a Daniel in Babylon. We must learn how to be Daniels in Babylon. 
Last one for today. What's the next one? Number 10. Will somebody go back and listen to this message? Number 10. Give yourself only to prayer and spiritual exercises. Give yourself only to prayer and spiritual exercises. Look at me, everybody. I want to paint a picture to you because many times I have sensed, I've seen this over and over again that when it's when I feel this way, it's usually what is going on in the church. And I wanted to be very honest about this. I want to share with you. How many of you feel like when you look into next year, you are eager, but you are laid back? It's like you can see a busy packed year. And it's like there's a weight on you already. There's a weight. Let me say something to you. The Bible says the effectual fervent. The word effectual there means it must be wrapped by the word. The word fervent there means the continuity and the heartfelt. Destiny on its own would hid nowhere until there is a force of prayer to go with it. I tell you the truth. Until there is a force of prayer. I'm not saying this to you to brag because I don't have any problem to say that. I just wanted to let you know some things. Before the feast started, we went on a 14 days prayer. I've been fasting seven, seven days before that. We went on the 14 days. After the feast, two or three days after the feast, I gathered a few people. We started the seven days after. We only stopped to eat Christmas rice and Christmas rice today. Tomorrow, we continue again. All the way down. Only empowered spirit for few purpose. Talk is cheap. Stop just talking right now. Ah, you know what? I'm coming. I'm coming. This mighty line has come. Okay. Go to God and, and pray these out. scripture says be opened deaf yes deafness numbness the ability not to hear and the ability not to speak be opened because you see the horse is battle ready but victory from God it's not by him that runs the worker but the Lord that showed mercy create enough spiritual energy to match what you are saying create enough kairos to match what you are believing for are you following what I'm talking about tonight create enough power to match what your heart is panting for. Stop just talking and wishing. Stop talking and wishing. Let there be power going ahead of you. Let there be substance going ahead of you. Create the energy, the spiritual energy to go with it. Contrary to your belief or some people's opinion, I believe we are in the highest season of spiritual awakening. So much going on in the realms of the spirit. If you can catch it, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you, God has been calling you fast. I say it's festive season. Fast. Which one is easier? To eat now or not to eat now and to be eating for the rest of your life. No, by, by the way, I'm not having a problem with you eating. No? I know this message seems a little bit hard. But I don't have a problem with you. But the same rice you ate today, you have been eating since January. There's nothing different. Though. There's nothing different about the rice. It's just the only feeling you have is that you, you have a bragging right that I ate on Christmas. 
God of heaven, 2024, my life and my journey must count. Zabakarwa pala, jelekerwa lada, jekenana kozis, ikabarwala, veketeleya, kumenana. Then God starts telling you, stop that association. The reason why that door is not opening is that you are telling that friend something you are not supposed to be telling. And there is a force, you know, I'm talking prophetically as I'm saying this thing. There is a force coming out from the camp of that person's heart towards you and it's stopping that thing from happening. You have been on that thing for one year now, that door has not opened because there are forces. They could not stop the ministry of Jesus until there were accusations. Until they could raise accusations, there, were no, there was no stop of the ministry of Jesus. When you start seeing accusations in your life, you better go to pray, God in prayer. When people are start telling you what you did not do, they are saying things you did not do, and they are, they are nailing it on you, you better go to God and start praying. Parazakopai, Jelemonto. You must be aware of physical things and be able to equate physical things to spiritual things quickly. Be aware. You go one year, one month, nobody thought about you to give you water. Nobody. One month. Nobody said, I even remember I was coming and I bought sweets for you. One month. It must be a source of concern for you. How will somebody go one month and not think of favoring me? No, sir. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? You will take that one. Say, God, I want to see favor. I want to see favor. Somebody should call me and check on me. Somebody I've not heard from in 10 years. Say, I just thought to greet you. It's a signal. Are you getting what I'm talking about today? You get yourself to God in prayer. Put down on knees. Don't come and do crash prayer course on 31st night. Then you're already angry when we use all, all the hours to preach. Say, I wanted to pray. I came to pray. You, you, go on. you know, the, the power of prayer, the effectual prayer, is when you have prayed, then you get prayer point to pray. You pray to know what to pray. So wake up. Wake up quickly. Before we know it, Jack Robinson... 2024 December has come. Before we know it, Jack Robinson. 2024 December has come. And before you know it, I'm not putting any pressure on you, but this message God said I should preach it. Before you know it, you are 60. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. God has put a. I'm talking to my army. I'm not talking to the body of Christ. I'm talking to my army. I'm talking to my army. God has put a big vision in your life. The world must see it. The world must see it. I watched the documentary yesterday. I was not okay. How would God decorate the life of a person, a believer, like this? By consistency, tenacity, trust in God. The same God over one is richer to all. What he can do for one, he can do for all. Give yourself wholly to God. Stop all if you don't want to see the same thing that you have been seeing all your life. They say, oh, my mom, my dad, the way we grew up, if you don't want that, that story to become your, your story, you better turn the tides quickly and give yourself only to these things. Finally, believe for the impossible. Mark chapter 9, verse 25, 23. Message translation. Mark chapter 9, verse 23. Believe for the impossible. As we come into this new year, Believe for the impossible. Glory to God. Do I have believers here? How big do you want it? How big? I love this text when I stumbled on it this morning. Jesus said, if there are no ifs among believers, anything can I 
if I bet there are no ifs, Joe. Anything, my God. Perajale apolua ketai. Zandre beloko parwa. John chapter 3, verse 8. Give it to me quickly. John 3, 8. John 3, 8. Oh boy. Believe for the impossible. It says, look, look at this. It says, you know well enough how the wind blows this way and that. You hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God, the spirit of God. You begin to operate in what we call the wind of God, the wind of God, the wind of the spirit, the wind of the spirit. At this junction, there are no ifs. That's why I love the scripture when the Bible says, if God be for us, control deletes the if. Now God be for us. No one can be against us. When we take away the if, we already know he has died. So it's not that if God be for us, it's we know that he's for us. There are no ifs. It says anything can happen. Go back to that scripture. It says now there are no ifs. Anything can happen. If it's conditional, 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 tell four people and say there are no ifs. Touch somebody else say there are no if. Control delete if. That's your tagline today. You put it everywhere. There are no if. Anything can happen. Glory to God. Are you ready for Oluwaloni doings? Are you ready for happenings? Jump on your feet. Listen to me, everybody. If you do the things I shared with you today and you give yourself to them, you will know that truly I'm a prophet called by God. By the signs and the manifestations you will see in your life this one year, you will be crying and be laughing at the same time by the testimonies your hands will handle. Now, in the name of Jesus, receive the grace of God to do not only to hear, to do. Now, don't start doing January 1st. Start today. Correct the inconsistency tonight. Start today. Start today. Start today. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. Receive grace. It will be easy for you. It will be easy for you. Now, in the name of just let there be a stirring of the spirit of faith. Whereby you will boldly stop to anything and step to anything and say there are no ifs here. You look at a business, you look at a career, you look at the door, there are no ifs here. There are no queue here. As a believer, anything can happen. Glory to God. Receive that force of the spirit. In the name of Jesus. God bless you, everyone. We hope you were greatly blessed by today's message because God still has so much He wants to share with you. So stay connected every week to experience uplifting and life-changing moments in His presence.